Somebody pinch me, please. What a week of football for the Big 12 Conference it was, and we are so glad to be talking about it with you here on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks for joining us, guys. An awesome week three. We're going to dive into everything. Um, However you're taking this in, we're on Facebook Live right now. We are on Periscope. This will be on YouTube, on our podcast. We appreciate you joining us. Please leave a rating and review on the podcast and shoot me an email to Pete Mundo, that's M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, a rating and a review for the podcast, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Also, the picks did better this week. Got to admit, the picks did better. Should have done a little bit better. I'll get into that, but we are brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 at mybookie.ag, and you get a 100% sign-up bonus when you deposit at least 45 bucks, so maximum of 1000 So they do great work. We use them. I place my bets there. Check them out, mybookie.ag, promo code Big one, two. All right, let's get into week three because this was a fantastic week of football for the Big 12. It literally could not have gone better. It could have done a little bit better, but um, let's dive into it and start on Friday night with the Kansas Jayhawks. What impressed me most about this Kansas team is that they're on the road as a 20-point underdog against an, you know, a solid ACC opponent, right? Like, not a, not a terrible Boston College team, a, a pretty good Boston College team. And what do they do? Down 17-7, they come back and they win the game. They go on to outscore BC 41-7 to in those final three quarters. I mean, that is an incredible, incredible job. That's all the credit to Les Miles, who I was um, fairly critical of here these first couple of weeks, just unsure of where the offense was going. And they got it going. And that's a credit to Carter Stanley. That's a credit to the entire offensive staff. That's everybody involved who did a great job for Kansas going into an ACC opponent, a Power 5 opponent on the road, and picking up that win when you're down 10 points, knowing how bad this program has been. It did not give up. And that is something that Les Miles deserves an enormous amount of credit for. Because, you know, when I knock him, I'll knock him. But... When he deserves the credit, I will absolutely give it to him. And that's something where if, if, not that the guys didn't fight for David Beatty, but David Beatty, if he were the head coach this year, do I think that Kansas is coming back from 10 points down uh, to win that game after the first quarter on the road? I don't. I, I just, I don't. Uh, these guys clearly have a respect for Les Miles and this staff, and he deserves an enormous amount of credit for that. So KU now is 2-1. and one. I, I don't know if this is the Kansas team we're going to see moving forward. Uh, are they going to be outscoring teams 41-7 to seven over three quarters? No, but they, you know, Derek Duke noted this in his good, bad, and ugly, that they did use different things, you know, fake screens and handoffs that helped open up the offense a little bit more. And it does make you wonder how they lost to Coastal Carolina at home. I'll tell you that right now. I, that is still stunning to me. So that was a great way to get this week going for the Big 12. And, and should have been a we should have known it was a sign of things to come. Like when Kansas is beating Power 5 teams on the road for the first time in 11 years, we should know that the Big 12 may be destined for a, uh, a heck of a weekend. By the way, throw any questions you want or comments on Periscope, on Facebook Live, whatever you want to talk about. Um, we're here for you recapping week three in the Big 12 Conference. I am Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. 
All right, uh, let's go to Kansas State and Mississippi State. Where's Paul Feinbaum? You think I can get on the Paul Feinbaum show on Monday? By the way, I've been doing monthly or weekly hits on the uh, new Big 12 channel on SiriusXM with Gabe Eichert and Holly Rowe. So I'll probably do that again tomorrow morning, but or tomorrow afternoon, I should say. But um, don't think Paul Feinbaum's having me on his show anytime soon to talk about K-State beating up on his uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Now, it wasn't clean. Wildcats did have some turnovers, three turnovers. And, you know, the fumble punt returns, got to get that stuff cleaned up. But, man, this offensive line and this running game, we were concerned about the running game. I, and, and now this team is just ripping off, ripping off rushes. And we look foolish because before the season, we said that K-State had either the ninth or 10th ranked rushing offense in or group of running backs in the Big 12. And we were wrong. I, this team is, is running the ball and setting up Skylar Thompson. And it just, it looks so good. And it's so fun to watch. I, you know, I love Bill Snyder. I respect Bill Snyder. But goodness gracious, this team got stale. And you forgot how, if you're a Kansas State fan, just be honest. Part of you forgot how fun this can be. This has been fun. Is it going to last the whole season? I don't know. Are they going to come back down to earth? Maybe. But you're 3-0. and You could not feel better about this team than they do right now. I was at the Mississippi State game last year. I was at the Mississippi State game last year in Manhattan, and, and that atmosphere was dead. That atmosphere, there was no juice in that stadium. A little bit before the game, but we had a tailgate going. It was an 11 a.m. kickoff. Maybe that was part of it. And then the game got going, and Nick Fitzgerald were moving the ball up and down the field. And it sucked whatever energy was inside that stadium out very quickly. The locker room situation, the post-game press conference was weird. But now, I mean, this is fun. You got Skylar Thompson trolling uh, Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones after the game. Uh, on Twitter, because Chris Jones came out, the Chiefs defensive lineman who went to Mississippi State and was like, oh, the big, bad, mighty SEC. K-State's got no idea what's coming for it. So he took those Paul Feinbaum talking points really well. And then K-State shoved them right up his rear end. So it was fantastic to watch. And and by the way, why is it that Big 12 teams keep scoring 30-plus points against the mighty SEC defenses? Can somebody explain that to me? Like, I, I get it, LSU beat Texas last week, and LSU's a really good team. I'm not taking anything away from them. But why is it that whenever the Big 12 plays an SEC team, they score 30-plus, but then when Mississippi State plays, uh, I don't know, pick a team, Georgia, it's it's 17-14, and everybody's like, oh, those SEC, uh, those SEC defenses are so good. Spare me, all right? West Virginia. This, to me, was the, um, well, I don't want to say this. Kansas was the biggest shocker of the weekend. This was the second biggest shocker of the weekend. West Virginia's offense finally got it going. If you told me that NC State would score 27, I would have said, okay, that makes sense, and West Virginia loses by 7 to 10 points. Instead, the Mountaineers put up 21 points in the first half. Uh, They finally get the ground game going. Kennedy McCoy... Uh, had a had a great day on the ground, and and Sam Jones is continuing to become one of the best uh, running backs, er, excuse me, wide receivers in the Big Twelve. Uh, he had a great afternoon, 155 yards and a score. 
and the Mountaineers outscore the Wolfpack 23-6 in the second half. I, you know, I don't want to overreact, right? I don't want to overreact because I did this last week against Missouri. I saw them week one against James Madison. They rushed for 1.4 yards a carry. Then they go out there, they rush for 0.9 yards a carry against Missouri. And then they come back and they look really good. Um, so, so here's the thing about Neil Brown. You know this about Neil Brown that I don't think you, you could have said about Dana Holgerson. This team is going to improve every single week and you're going to notice it. Dana Holgerson's teams did not really improve. Like they were good or they weren't so good. It never felt like they improved throughout a season under Dana Holgerson. And that's something that, you know, we have to give Neil Brown credit for. And hopefully this team can continue to grow and build because uh, I didn't want it to be a terrible season for the Mountaineers. I was worried it might be, but I got a little more optimism coming out of last week's game. And, and that's something that should be noted here moving forward. Oklahoma State beating Tulsa 40-21. Let's get into that game here for a little bit. Um, and of course, leave your comments on Periscope and also on Facebook Live. Jimmy writes on Facebook Live, Oklahoma State came back down to earth a little bit yesterday. The Tulsa offense is terrible, and they exposed that secondary. I will um, agree with you on this. I'll agree with you on this, Jimmy. That was not an ideal afternoon for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Yeah, they covered the spread. That is a good thing, and you got to be happy about that if you are a um, if you're an Oklahoma State fan. But when you're up 17 nothing, and that happens on three straight scoring drives, sitting pretty, and before you know it, Tulsa's up 21-20 going into halftime. That should concern you as an Oklahoma State fan. The defense still needs a lot of work. There's no denying that. Spencer Sanders, you know, was not at his best, but. Let's say this, if you want to find that optimism for Oklahoma State, outside of the fact that, hey, you made some money, you covered the spread, which I'm glad I did, um, Chubba Hubbard, 256 yards, three touchdowns. That guy, my oh my. Jalen Hurts is still probably the front runner for Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. I know it's very early, but my oh my is Chubba Hubbard, um, arguably the most explosive offensive player in this conference. He is that damn good. It was also, of course, a sloppy game. You had to combine 26 turnovers between these two teams. So it wasn't ideal. I'm not going to pretend like it was. Uh, it was it was not a great week for Oklahoma State. But, 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 uh, it's a win. You take it. You move on. And now you get ready for Texas. So let's see what Oklahoma State's got in the tank here moving forward. Kevin writes, rank the Big 12 top to bottom based on the first quarter of the season. Uh, Kevin, you're going to have to wait for our power rankings. Those come out on Monday morning on heartlandcollegesports.com. So be sure to uh, check us out there, and we will have those ranked for you. Myself and the rest of the Heartland College Sports crew, we combine our power rankings, and we put them in order from 1 through 10. That comes out Monday morning. So sorry, Kevin, um, we'll do that for you Monday morning, and then I'll talk about it a little bit more on the podcast midweek. So if you're catching us now on Facebook Live or Periscope or YouTube, Know that we do a midweek podcast that we um, don't put up on those three platforms. So go subscribe, rate, review to our podcast. Check it out. Um, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. It's pronounced Chuba Hubbard. Uh, relax. All right. Uh, oh, come on. Come on, guys. Uh, Chuba, Chuba. The guy's a stud. I don't care if you want to call him Bob. All right. He's a hell of a football player. Yes. Okay. 
It is Chuba. You are right. But I do a lot more reading than I do listening. So that's why I sometimes butcher names. All right, let's uh, let's get into TCU Purdue. How about this? This is a theme we have to talk about for the Big 12. You can talk about this with Kansas. Talk about this with TCU. Talk about this uh, with Texas, Oklahoma. The Big 12 is running the ball and running the ball really well. Now, they're also passing the ball really well. But my goodness gracious, are they running the ball really well as a conference. And in the case of teams like TCU and in this week, Kansas, uh, you know, and throw in Texas. Um, if you want to throw in West Virginia and, and even K-State to some extent, they're playing good defense and they're running the ball. And these are these are formulas that the Big 12 typically has not used. TCU did it damn well. Horn Frogs piled up almost 350 rushing yards for six yards a carry. And the defense was outstanding. That first interception from TCU, and I apologize, I'm forgetting who it was, basically ripped the ball out of the uh, Purdue wide receiver's hands, you know, 15 yards down the field. Uh, you know, how about the Big 12 having a defense that is ripping the ball out of the hands of a Big 10 offense? That's the kind of stuff you like to see. That is the kind of stuff that makes you excited. And uh, what a game it was for TCU and what a win it was, Big 12 over the Big 10. The one thing I love about Gary Patterson, and one of the many things I should say I love about Gary Patterson, is the fact that the guy, uh, he understands the, the impact of these games. Whether it's in bowl season or non-conference play, he understands that these games are important for the Big 12 to build its credibility, to win these games, and to stick it to some of the national pundits that still do not give this conference enough credit. So uh, Patterson does a great job with that, and, and I'm glad that he uh, his team, they just they took care of business. There's no other way to put it. They took care of business. They held TCU to, or excuse me, they held Purdue to 23 rushing yards on 25 carries and 204 total yards of offense. Meantime, Purdue, which has a high-flying offense under Jeff Brom, you know, they're going to score a lot of points this year. And I'm sure when the Big Ten's underway, people are going to say, wow, look at this, look at this Purdue offense ripping it up against uh, Michigan or Ohio State or Nebraska. It's going to be like, don't forget TCU held them the 200 total yards, right? Right? But when, uh, let's say Oklahoma State plays TCU and Oklahoma State only scores 25 points, they'll say, wow, TCU offense or the Oklahoma State offense had a bad week. It's like, no, TCU's defense is just that damn good. And it is damn good. Texas bouncing back. I got to say this. So my picks went four and five this week. Should have went five and four. Texas scores the garbage touchdown on the kick return with two minutes left, and that gives that game. It hits the over. Texas covers the spread, and I'm like, no. Now, I had the under 57, I think it was, and I thought it was a lock until Rice gets the garbage touchdown, then Texas returns the kick uh, for a score, and I'm like, damn it, guys. Damn it. Oh, I was so upset by that. I was so upset by that Texas. That's a bad beat. So I go from a, a five and four week to a four and five week on my picks. I uh, and, and it, oh, that one's going to burn me for a while. But Texas, most importantly, uh, they did not have a letdown game after LSU. 
Ellinger does his thing, 23 of 27, 279 yards, three scores. Uh, Jake Smith continues to be a target, and he caught six passes, 75 yards, two touchdowns. And Keontae Ingram got things going. And the defense, they needed a little bit of uh, uh, confidence boost after last week against LSU. They got just what they needed, and now we prep for that big game against Oklahoma State coming up next week. Oklahoma T, uh, Oklahoma UCLA. There's not a ton to say about this game. Oklahoma's great. UCLA stinks. And wow, there was nobody in the Rose Bowl. There was nobody in the Rose Bowl. It was pathetic. I, I could not believe how pathetic it has gotten out there in Los Angeles for college football. I know that the NFL is out there now. That's probably changed things up a little bit. But goodness gracious, they had nothing going on. But OU does its thing, you know. They they, they run for over 300 yards. Uh, Jalen Hurts, they're clearly going to use him way more in the running game than they did with uh, even certainly Baker Mayfield and, and even Kyler Murray. I mean, there's a lot of plays where he's dropping back, looks like he's going to pass, he's taken off. I don't, it, it does not appear like he's taking off because his first read wasn't there. It looks like a setup. It's a running play from what I can tell. And, and Charleston Rambo, um, he's not on my Big 12 fantasy team, but I wish he was because I did not expect this type of early season coming out of him. He looked really good. Uh, defense held UCLA to 14 points, uh, got their four sacks, and and didn't really allow any, any big plays. So... Uh, this game, though, is a lot more about what UCLA is not than what OU is. Let's talk about Iowa State and Iowa. <sighs> Boy, I, I don't know if Matt Campbell's just cursed by Iowa or what the deal is, but that is uh, that's that was worse than the 44-41 overtime game a couple of years ago. First off, the rain delays, the lightning delays. Uh, oh, my goodness gracious. What a day it was in Ames. You want to talk about highs and lows, peaks and valleys. That's exactly what this was on Saturday in Ames. You've got college game day. You've got Eric Church. You know, Lee Corso pretends like he's picking Iowa. He picks Iowa State. The drinks are flowing. Everybody's having a great time. And, you know, you get this thing going. Iowa State's got a 7-3 lead. You have the weather delay. And then you have another weather delay. And, and three hours later, you're finally back to playing football. Iowa State's down a point, under five minutes left. The offense goes down the field. You wind up on the 39-yard line. You go for it on fourth down. It looked like the drive would be extended due to that pass interference call, but there was, of course, the infamous holding penalty against the Cyclones to replay the down. It burns you. I understand it burns you. But I cannot go back in any football game, unless it's egregious like that Saints playoff game a year ago. Uh, I'm not a huge NFL guy, but I'm remembering that massively missed pass interference call in that NFL playoff game for the Saints last year. Unless it's that egregious, I can never point to one missed call or, uh, you know, uh, biased call and say that's the reason the team lost. The Iowa State offense still looks bland to me. And, uh, you know, when you're scoring one of your touchdowns on on a trick play and then a big play, it just seemed like there were too many times the Iowa State offense just didn't go anywhere. And even, you know, that first fumble by Brock Purdy, or the, the yeah, the early fumble in the first half by Brock Purdy, like 
that was a designed run, it looked like. And I don't know why you're running Brock Purdy if you're Tom Manning. I, I don't understand it. I know he can run, but that's not what I want to use Brock Purdy for. First off, he's too talented to let him get hurt. And, and secondly, he's got good mobility, but I'm not doing design runs between the tackles with this guy. I just, I don't want to do it. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that fumble play was not a design tackle and Purdy took off on his own. I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. Uh, But it looked to me like it was a design run. And I I just, I don't know why you're doing that with your stud quarterback on, on a field that's slippery, that guys are falling, you know, one bad hit, one bad ankle twist, and, and the guy's out a couple of weeks. I don't want to be doing that. So I am concerned about the offense. I'm not concerned about the defense. At the end of the game, of course, was the um, gunner running into Deshante Jones. That's a two-way street, you know? It's a two-way street. Because, yes, the gunner should not should have known a little bit more where he was and not running right into Deshante Jones. But Deshante Jones did nothing. And maybe it's because, you know, the lights are on, it's night, it's still a little cloudy, whatever it might be. Maybe it's because he didn't, he wanted to focus on the ball, but he's got to either start yelling, it did not appear like he was yelling, waving his arms, seeing it's going to be a short kick. He did none of that. There was no communication, and that's on Jones. That is on Deshante Jones. So it's 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 not just the gunner in that situation to me. To me, it's it's both guys had a failure there. And then Jones, I get it. He was very emotional after that. Uh, but I thought he kind of sold out his teammate a little bit there because it was a two-way street. I think both guys were wrong in that situation. Last but not least, uh, and, and you know, for Iowa State, you can still win a Big 12 title, uh, so your main goal is still there, but that one stings. That one stings. Uh, on the Facebook Live, Pete, is it too early to say Iowa State's a little bit overrated? Yeah, I'm concerned. I had Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game. I don't feel good about it right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to BS you and say, yeah, sure, I feel great. No, I'm still concerned, especially because of how good teams like uh, Kansas State are looking right now and um, TCU and Texas. So, yeah, I'm very concerned about that pick. And and if you want me to say that this team may be overrated based on where I had them preseason, sure, I can do that. I don't mind doing that, but I also trust Matt Campbell, and this team's going to get better and better and better every week because that's what they do. Texas Tech, what the heck happened there? Um, If you told me Arizona scores 28 points last night, I say that Texas Tech wins by at least two touchdowns. This is an Arizona team that gave up 40-plus points to Northern Arizona and Hawaii. So, you know, Alan Bowman didn't have his best game. He threw a couple of interceptions, but goodness gracious. Derek Duke had this in his big in his uh, Big 12 Good, Bad, and Ugly, which is on heartlandcollegesports.com. It's a great tidbit. Of those 10 first-half possessions, five of them went for five plays or yet less. That's pathetic. That is pathetic. Then you got a tech defense that's trying to keep it in the game, but it got torched for 300 rushing yards, thanks mostly to Khalil Tate. So, I, you know, that was not a good night for Texas Tech. There's just no other way to put it. Uh, the Tech offense also, you know, was running the ball pretty well. They ran the ball 25 times for over four yards per carry and then got a little bit pass happy and, and uh, anxious there as time went on. I didn't think that was necessary. They were doing a good job of that. But, yeah, yeah, I was um, I was disappointed in Texas Tech last night. I lost that bet as well. So Red Raiders got to get back on track. That was a tough one to swallow. 
For my picks, as I mentioned, I went four and five, lost the Kansas game. Um, I had BC there. I won K-State, took points there. I lost the West Virginia game. I took NC State in that one, minus the points. Won the Oklahoma State, minus 14. Won the TCU, under 53. Um, oh, the Texas one still burns me. I had the under there. I lost that the last second. Had OU, minus the 23. Lost the Iowa game. I had Iowa, minus 2. And then same thing with Tech. So I wrap up 4 and 5 on the picks. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Uh, appreciate it, whether it's on Facebook Live, Periscope, on the podcast, YouTube. Thanks so much for checking us out. Really appreciate it. Please do subscribe to our podcast. We release a podcast middle of the week. We also have a guest on the show every week as well from around the Big 12 Conference. So go check it out. And if you leave a rating and review on the podcast, I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Just send me an email with a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We're also brought to you by mybookie.ag, the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, for a 100% sign-up bonus with the BIG12 promo at mybookie.ag. Thanks so much, guys. Have a, uh, have a great weekend. And we're going to be back at it with some podcasts middle of the week. I'm Pete Mundo. We are Heartland College Sports Weekly. Part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Take care, guys. We'll talk to you soon.